0: Welcome to the Leadership in Context podcast with Keith Toosey. Being part of a team keeps you from being self-focused. Hi, this is Keith Tusey and welcome to Leadership in Context. So glad you could be with me today. And for those of you who listen on a regular basis, I just want to thank you. It really makes my time worthwhile to know there are people out there that really are hearing, you know, what I'm trying to share with you and, uh, I take that as an honor. So, so thanks for giving me a few minutes of your time and for uh, being willing to share this with some other folks as well. Uh, kind of out of the blue, I felt like the Lord dropped something in my heart. You know, many times when I share these things with you, they will arise out of something I've been studying, uh, something I've read that stirs me up, or often it's from a question, quite frankly, that somebody asked me. Uh, but today, in just a moment of time, I felt like the Lord dropped something in my heart. And so that's what I'm gonna share with you. And I wanna to talk to you, uh, I'm gonna do three three lessons on this, actually. So today will be the first. I wanna to talk to you about deception and uh, what deception is, where it comes from, how to deal with it, and actually the different types of deception. There are three different Greek words used in the New Testament for deception. And uh, in some translations, they're translated different ways. This is one reason I like the New American Standard because it tends to keep those words pretty much the same uh, when at all possible. There are some contextual things that demand you can use different adjectives and things. But I want to talk to you about deception because, uh, you know, there's lots of warnings in the scripture about it. But I want to start by reading to you from 1 Corinthians uh, 3.18. Let no man deceive himself. If any man among you thinks that he is wise in this age, he must become foolish so that he may become wise. Now, the thing that jumps to me about this verse is this let no man deceive himself. And there are a lot of admonitions in the scripture with this flavor, not about outside deception, not about demonic deception but self-deception and honestly, I think self-deception is the worst kind of deception because I think it can become very habit forming. So he says in this verse, let no man deceive himself. Now you know from listening to me and those you know me, I love to explore the text in the context. So looking at the context of this being said, there are three subject matters in this chapter Uh, that he leads up to. And we could divide them like this. Number one, teamwork. You know, that we need each other, that we work together, we're God's fellow workers, etc. Then the second thing he talks about is taking care of the body. You know, the body's not ours, we shouldn't destroy the body. And the third thing he talks about there is the fact that we're going to face judgment. Now, this admonition in 1 Corinthians 3.18 does seem to be rather abrupt. And which of those three, or all of those three, that he's particularly targeting here, I'm not particularly sure. It would seem to me that he's talking about end time judgment, because he talks about be wise in this age. So there seems to be like a time frame, and the word age just doesn't always mean time frame. It means the context of what's happening currently, which has a time connotation. But again, remember, he's talking about uh, self-deception. Now, this particular word that he uses here is is the second most time the word is translated from the Greek into deceive or deception. And it's a very simple word. It means to beguile or to seduce, to trick or to seduce. Now, when you think of those words, you think of something that's kind of planned, it's kind of schemed, it's it's systematic, it's to entrap somebody, it's to systematically, you know, break them down or bring them into your way of thinking. And so, he does end with this part of it, he says, he must become foolish so that he may become wise. In other words, Be simple in your thinking, not a simpleton, but simple, clear, not too complicated, not too layered, not too multifaceted, try to think clearly and in straight lines. So that would tell me that sometimes people get in deception when they overcomplicate, when they overanalyze, when they overspin when they bring things in from the outside that are not part of the equation. And when you think like of conspiracies that we've already talked about, conspiracy theories almost always have all these added tributaries, all these rabbit holes that we get led into. But here he says, do not beguile yourself. Do not seduce yourself. Remember, do not entrap yourself with worldly thinking. Okay, so there's three types of worldly thinking that are in this chapter that we could take some consideration from. Number one, don't be seduced into thinking that you don't need to be part of a team. Okay, he says in verse 10, According to the grace of God given to me, like a wise master builder, I laid a foundation, another is building on it, but each man must be careful how he builds on it. And if you've ever heard me teach on this, I talk about the fact that it's not just teamwork he's talking about here, but generational teamwork, not just working together at the same time, which obviously is, is accurate, but there's also a connotation of a layer of time here. Okay, So the whole time thing, I think, is critical in deception. And of course, what's one of the greatest deceptions the Bible speaks of that we'll always have tomorrow? But the Bible says we're not guaranteed tomorrow. So, one of the greatest deceptions to mankind is putting things off to tomorrow, especially those things regarding eternal judgment. I'm going to get right with God. I'm going to do the right thing. I'm going to deal with that sin. I'm going to deal with that person. I'm going to listen to the Holy Spirit tomorrow. I'm going to give tomorrow. I'm going to serve tomorrow. I'll always have tomorrow. And that's a great deception. You don't always have tomorrow. So, that self-deception, just seducing ourselves, telling ourselves, "Oh, we always have tomorrow, we always have more time than we really think we do," I think really needs to be taken serious. The second deception there comes later on, where you know he talks about uh, that you know we have a body that that we need to uh, take care of uh, that. In verse 17 or verse 16, do you not know that you are the temple of God and that the spirit of God dwells in you? If any man destroys the temple of God, God will destroy him for the temple of God is holy. That is what you are. Okay, so we are a container of eternity on this planet. We are a container of God on this planet. And that is not a random thought because he connects it to the eternal judgment that's found in the verse before that. But it's certainly an admonition that we could take care of that, You know our bodies are the one things that we do possess, and even at that, we certainly can't control uh, everything that happens with our bodies. There are things that happen certainly that we do not have any control over, but there are many things happen that we do have control over. And so, I don't know if I'm doing violence to the text here, but if if I am, forgive me. But I I won't say, "Thus saith the Lord." But I think it's a point still well taken that. You know, as far as our bodies are concerned, our life, our health, our ministry, uh, that we should control what we can control, that we should take serious the gift that God has given us uh, in our body, the sacred nature, I should say, of our body, that we are a triune being. So don't be deceived about that, okay? The third thing we talked about here, or he talks about in the text, is eternal judgment. And he starts in in verse 13 saying, Each man's work will become evident, for the day will show it, because it will be revealed by fire, and the fire will test the quality of each man's work. If any man's work which he has built on it remains, it will receive reward. If any man's work is burned up, he will suffer loss, and he himself will be saved as yet through fire. And that's what I'm talking about, that, that eternal aspect of this, of this plays into the the issue of being deceived by having time. But here's the thing it says, do not deceive yourself. Do not deceive yourself. Well, people say, well, how don't you do that? Well, obviously, you know, walking in the spirit, having the word in your heart, but in this context, it would seem to say that if you're part of a team, if you're part of digging and laboring and watering and harvesting, if you're part of a team that keeps you from being self-focused and ultimately being deceived. These are just some things to consider about deception. But the greatest warning here is do not deceive yourself. It is entirely possible for you to deceive yourself. Romans seven. 11 uses the same Greek word. It says we're deceived by sin. So the second way you deceive yourself is by sinning, by not acknowledging that sin or failing to be honest as to the effect of that sin. It is very sad in charismatic and evangelical circles that when we think of sin, we only think of, well, I can get forgiven of that sin rather than even if I'm forgiven there could still be consequences that damage my life, damage my calling, damage my destiny, and damage my future. God is a redeemer, God is a forgiver, but sin does damage us. That's why God hates sin. So that's another way that we deceive ourselves. Hey, this is Keith Tusi. I want to encourage you to really give some consideration and even raise the question with God. God, is there anywhere in my life that I am deceiving myself, that I am seducing myself, that I am wearing myself out and beating myself into submission on the installment plan to believe a lie and then act out that lie. Let's walk in truth. Let's walk it out together. Let's hate sin, love righteousness. This is Keith Tusey for Leadership in Context. And I'd like you to share this with somebody who you think it might be a blessing to today. today, Keith had a discussion on deception. We are not to be self-deceived. Don't be deceived into thinking that you don't need to be part of a team, take care of your body, or that you have an abundance of time to deal with eternal matters. Thanks for listening this week to another episode of Leadership in Context with Keith Toosey. Join us next week as Keith continues to put leadership truths in the context of the local church. As always, subscribe, like, rate, and share our podcast. For show notes or to ask Keith a question, email podcast at inourpastors.com. If you would like more information, you can check out our website, find us on Facebook, or follow us on Instagram at inourpastors. See you next week.